1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast network. Of course, if you're a fan of this show and if you've been listening to the Lions of Liberty podcast for a long time, for several years, then uh, you're definitely going to recognize my guest today. Um, my guest will be none other than former Lions of Liberty podcast flagship host Mark Claire is coming back to the show so really excited for you guys to hear from Mark we get into some interesting topics talk about the transformation that he's uh gone through um, journeyed through over the past uh past few years and excited to uh to for you guys to hear that conversation but I want to remind you that there is a bonus segment at the end of this that you can access if you're a member of the lions of liberty pride. Of course you can join the pride on Patreon or locals by going to patreoncom slash lions of liberty or lions of liberty.locals.com. And also I want to remind you that this episode of finding freedom is brought to you by masa chips. Do you love tortilla chips? Do you love tortilla chips with queso? Do you love them with salsa? Do you love eating them plain? Well, I have news for you. We have an actual healthy tortilla chip here with uh, masa chips. They are tortilla chips fried in grass-fed beef tallow. They are delicious. Just with, uh, you get that hint of that beef flavor on the chip. Dipping it in the cheese and the queso Mm, so good so delicious so delicious you can get 10 percent off of masa chips um, by going to masa and using promo code lions at checkout and uh recent guest of this show doug stewart he recently bought some masa chips and uh gave me a personal review he loves them so be like doug go buy some masa chips and let's get to today's interview with mark clare Welcome, I'm joined here today by a, uh, a special guest, somebody you might remember, I know it's been almost a year, but uh, Mark Claire returns to the Lions of Liberty Network, former host of a little show that we used to call the flagship show here on Lions of Liberty, actually the, the founder of the Lions of Liberty podcast, and now the host of the Mark Claire show. Mark, welcome back, buddy, welcome back.
0: Odie, I know exactly what you're thinking, and yes, I'm ready to roar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I made it a point to not ask you that,
0: but I'm glad you're that ready was really to roar. really just for Brian. That was really to upset Brian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brian would get so angry about that. And it uh He really didn't like laugh, the, the
0: catchphrase. That's the main reason I laughed ultimately, I think.
1: <laughs> I I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't like it. It's uh it's actually I don't know. Some people got real into it and uh some people I made it pretty awkward.
0: Invention. People say, Hey, I'm ready to roar. You know, I, people remember yeah.
1: it worked. It worked. Um, but so this is the first time you've come back on, you, you weren't on Brian's show were
0: you Since you, yeah, I, I've been waiting by the phone, just waiting for that thing to <laughs> ring by the old lion's phone. And, uh, finally it rang and it was Odie on the other side. Now it's, it's my first time back. It's nice to see, uh, nice to see you guys are keeping the place, you know, in somewhat of an order orderly fashion. The lights are
1: still on. That's 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 how I gauge things.
0: See, so you're so even branching fun. off. I tune. I do tune into the meme wars on occasion.
1: Yeah, I will tell you what, meme wars probably soon enough here will probably be our most popular show, which I'm I'm fine with. I, I like the meme wars. It's a short show, 15 minutes. If that show takes off, and we can do a 15 minute podcast.
0: I'll See, be fine Odie, that's that. how good I am. I, I've been here like three minutes, and I'm already I'm already promoting for you. Plugging, plugging, plugging.
1: It's Mark Claire way. So, speaking of plugging, Mark of course has his own show now, the Mark Claire Show, and I wanted to have Mark back on. To yeah, you know, I know he's talked about it on other podcasts, but I think I know Mark pretty well, so maybe we'll get into some different different areas. Maybe get a little deeper in some areas, but I want to talk about his transformation that he's really um, experienced, gone through over the past uh, three, four, five years. I am not sure when it started. Um, I think I have a pretty good idea when it started, but. Before we get into talking about that, I want to have a question about your show, your new show. Um, and I mean, you've had some pretty, pretty awesome guests, a di- diverse set of guests, Jim Brewer, Oli Damagar. Diversity is my
0: number one virtue. That's That's what I've always said. <laughs>
1: um david uh Grunoski, who's been on my show great guy really enjoyed that episode uh chris knowles tucker max uh father turbo qualls I, I'm, I'm just curious because i mean your guests it's a it's a wide range from conspiracy to spirituality to i don't know just interesting people um what, what do you look for when you're looking for guests nowadays
0: I think a, a lot of it, at least initially, is and has been what you kind of mentioned a minute ago is just sort of the theme of transformation. I think a, a lot of my guests have been, if, a lot of, if not all of my guests have in some way gone through some sort of transformative period in their own lives, which has drastically changed uh, their own worldviews. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to explore with the show. Um, You know, I I do, like you said, explore a wide range of subjects, but if you kind of zoom out a little bit and maybe you you wipe away the subject line and you look at the stories themselves, I think you'll see a relatively common thread between a lot of them, which it's in some ways um, purposeful, but in other ways, sort of, providential it, a lot of this show has from the beginning felt to me like it's just sort of come together um it started with just an, uh, the very vague idea of i feel feeling like i needed to do something different feeling like i had been too bogged down in the politics uh you know as you know i spent a lot of that those last few months with lions liberty doing a lot of arguing a lot of online arguing some even in podcast form and it just started to become something that wasn't fun to me anymore and when something stops being fun like it's either you got to reignite that passion, re- refine whatever made it fun in the first place, or you got to move on and, and pivot to something else. So, which is of course what I did. And I think there's a lot of, like I said, a lot of different subjects I do tend to cover and do want to cover religion the cringy term spirituality. Somebody that le- left a um, a review on mine said it said it I think best. He said sp- um, spirituality uh, spiritual without being cringy. Uh, so that, I guess that's sort of what, what I'm going for. Yeah, I, um, I I
1: actually hate the term spirituality. I don't know why I said that, but it, it's just like trying to explain. I guess a wider.
0: I I don't know. Yeah, it's I guess Faith, it's a broad, beliefs. It's a term that I'm trying um, to express yeah. something broader than merely religion because I'm not per se pushing a religion. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, yeah, I guess we haven't found a better word yet. Just like uh, buck and I have not found a better word for journey. <laughs> you know, I guess transformation <laughs> is almost like what I'm trying to say when I'm talking yeah. about, journey. Like they're like transformative. Well, they're transformative journey.
1: <laughs> yeah. When I hear the journey, I just think of the song. Um, so, you know, it's.
0: Don't stop believing, baby. That works. Yeah.
1: Can't stop believing. Never stop believing. um, so let's let's start down this road, this transformation road, and uh, you know I, I think a good place to start, I think maybe where this uh, transformation sort of started for you was with uh, professionally for you, right, with the job that you had, at least in a way. M- maybe I'm wrong, but let's let's start there, and uh, you can take it in whichever direction you want to. But you know, turn back the clock to 2019, 2020. You're living in Los Angeles. You're working. Um, you're working in, uh, I don't want to say the name of the company, but you're working in production and, uh, some things happened with the, with the vaccine and your life ends up being uprooted. Um, so take us through that moment in time. When that change happens, you have to make a decision, you have to make a stand and then To where just uh, you can meander where you want to, but I'm trying to keep it professional for this segment here. And then how do you get to where you are in Florida?
0: I've talked about this enough that I know how to do it uh, with all my legal situations in mind, (laughs) because there there are legal situations involved. Um, At the end of the day, it might have really started somewhat earlier than that, probably probably even a little bit before I met my wife, but obviously like meeting my wife and, t- and really changed priorities, mm-hmm. changed my priorities in life in many ways. So I think that that shift was already there in a sense, but when, ev- when, whatever, whatever, what everyone knows what happened in 2020 start, uh, happened, uh, especially when the V issue came up, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of had this, it's weird because I went on a vacation in actually to Florida where I now live in April, I want to say April of 2020, because even back then we were talking about moving here, even before all these mandates and what they did in Florida to sort of rebuff those mandates came into play. So um, probably talking to Tho Bishop helped and just seeing that the, the I, I knew people who were in Florida, just having a good old time while I was quite literally locked in my house in Los Angeles. Um, so, so we you, were already- you met- you met your wife in
1: 2019 then?
0: Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah, correct. And um, All right. so, yeah. so so the two the two of you went to Florida to visit Florida? Is
1: that what you're saying? Right. We
0: were already married at that point, I, th- I believe. I believe we just got married um in late 2020. So yeah, this is 2021. Okay. So we were already married and we were so of course we had our mindset on, you know, our uh, family and you know, she had her son that we were working on his immigration for. So we had a, a lot a lot of factors that weren't in my mind when I was just a single guy living in Los Angeles who just didn't really care about much, to be honest, more than going out, getting drunk, meeting chicks, uh, and doing my podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and telling everybody how uh, all about freedom, because I was so free because, Hey, I I wasn't tied down to anything and that's freedom, right? Sure. Um, or it's just a different kind of slavery. Uh, we can get into all all these things, I suppose. Um, but you know what, I think what it really came down to, we, when I came back from that vacation, I remember distinctly people at work. A lot of people were just, Out of nowhere coming up and saying, did you get your vaccine yet? Because it was like right after it became available to sort of like the general public. And I remember Mm -hmm. that striking me as such a strange thing. Like it, 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 it sat with me so wrong and it was happening for like every day for weeks to the point I Mm -hmm. was just so goddamn sick of hearing about it and i was never gonna do it because i just I, my wife and i had talked about it, We're like this is why are people just sticking this thing in them when no like it takes like years and years and years to test these things normally like just just on based logic it wasn't even yeah there was an ethical component to it of course but even before the mandates came in we were just saying like why, why would we be doing this for this thing that obviously uh you know based on our age and all that has virtually no chance of harming us mm-hmm. um so that that was already kind of in our minds but i i still never had the, vac- the the mandate thought hadn't really come to me um for some reason i just thought oh well they'll I'll never really try to force people to do that cuz at that company i was at that a serious company they had tried to do a flu mandate the, the year before and i pretty much just straight uh. up said i'm i'm not doing that and they said okay like it was, it was nothing. So in my mind, I was like, "Well, they're pretty good with like if you push back, they'll back off." So I was like, even mm-hmm. if even if they try to do that, like they were chill about the flu vaccine, so I'm sure they'll be chill about this. Boy, boy was I wrong. Um, needless to say, when that all came up, they weren't chill. <laughs> they weren't chill at all. <laughs> um, but uh, I did some things that I needed to do and that uh, I was within well within my rights to do to um, to not take it. Let's just put it that way. Um, did uh, they responded in a way that um, I didn't feel fair. So, uh, I sought some legal guidance on, on the matter mm-hmm. and legal guidance, uh, I received. So, uh, I, I can't really say too much more about where it went after that, but I never took it. I'll tell you that. And yeah. let's see, what else can I say? I didn't end up losing a penny. I can say that I think.
1: So what, when, when did you move not to Mexico. Working For
0: nine months? I didn't end up losing a penny. Well, that's, uh, I think that tells the whole story. So you stood your ground right? because I didn't it, know I wasn't going to not lose the pennies. And you know, so like for all I knew I wasn't, and I was ready to not, but I would have felt really silly if a, a part of me could as, if I did it and saw the future timeline somehow, uh, where I didn't take it and still ended up essentially in the same place. Well,
1: I, I know you've talked about this on your show. I've talked about a little bit on my show as well, but like when it comes to choosing your suffering and sure yeah like w- when you fast forward the time and everything you went through yeah you ended up not losing a penny you were able to recoup whatever um you lost during you would have lost during that time um so but you suffered during that time right it, it wasn't oh, yeah. easy um but there's other people choose their suffering they took the mm-hmm. they took the v and a lot of people ended up having you know adverse reactions um who knows what the future could hold years from now, having that st- still in the system? Hopefully, nothing. I mean, I hope people that took it are, are going to be fine. Hopefully, we're past that point. I have no idea. I'm not a, uh, I don't have a background in biology to even understand that stuff. But um, t- choosing your suffering is something that I think a lot of people, especially libertarians, just really don't understand. I don't think. Um, especially, and I, I was going to hold this off for later in the show. Um, but there's a recent episode <laughs> Recent episode you did with, uh, Adam Patrick, which was mm-hmm. a really fascinating episode. A lot of it was talking about, uh, orthodoxy, but uh, there was one part, I think in the beginning where you were talking about libertarianism and I think it was, I think it was you that said this and not Adam I mean, I might have it backwards, but that libertarianism is more of an anti worldview than a worldview. And I, I just found that really interesting because I think that really sums up the problem with libertarianism, mm-hmm. in that it's so reactionary, saying, "Well, this is wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong," but there's no solution to it. So, what what are you what are your thoughts on that? And if you want to expand on, I think it was you that
0: said that. Um, kind of what went into informing that opinion. I'm actually not sure which one of us said it first, but we I think we both agree <laughs> with the statement, so we'll, we'll roll with it. Um, I. In many ways, if we're, you know, to talk about a subject that comes up a lot of my show is, in, to put it in a, a religious context, Text, I guess, you could mm-hmm. look at it kind of like Satanism, which is just, an, the, or even atheism, I guess. It, they're just their entire worldview. It's not really a worldview. It's just an anti, another worldview. It's anti-God. It's anti mm-hmm. the Christian God or whatever it may be. Um, so that, does, uh, that doesn't get, that does, that's not a worldview in and of itself. Uh, it's, I think what Adam described as was like a commentary, like it it can be a, a, a critical commentary on the events of the day, um, politics, what have you in a, and be very true in its criticisms. And I say it's, I mean, you know, it's not a thing. It's, it's human beings that take a philosophy and mm-hmm. do whatever they will with it. Um, but what, it, what a lot of libertarians often aren't doing is actually trying to take lessons from that philosophy and then enter the real world, enter the actual arena of life and apply the principles for real. And w- what struck me so much during what I was going through. I, I, i was so silly, I guess that I just assumed that because I was a libertarian and everybody I was surrounded with were libertarians, uh, that they all believed in, you know, this bodily autonomy, not in the, the cringe mm-hmm. uh, abortion way, but, uh, you know, believed in you know, individual rights and self-determination. And surely that group of people was going to 100% not comply with mandates, even if it meant that they, even if they wanted to do it, they just, obviously none of these people are going to comply. And yet I was turning around left and right and almost everyone, there are a large number of people that didn't, of course, but a much higher percentage than I thought would, which I thought would be close to zero. Mm -hmm. I just found complying in every way imaginable. Uh, And it really struck me when I, it really made me realize that the commentary of libertarianism, the anti worldview, it does not actually give, provide most people anyway, that that sort of that positivity of here's what you should do. Here's how you should react to a situation like that. It doesn't give them the inner strength to, to stand strong uh, on its own, just being angry at the state. If you want to be angry at the state and angry at all the politicians, but you're going to turn up your sleeve the second you're threatened. uh, Then I think that it's not providing you really any, anything positive at the end of the day. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've talked about that a lot too. Um, You know, there's, there's so many libertarians that that waste all their time um you know going to conventions and we've talked about this and i mean you've talked about it um on your old show I, I, when you're one your one famous rant that you that you did but wait wasting time at at, at conventions and um you know they, they don't have money to to buy a house or buy a car um i think I think we've beat that to death but to get back to transformation um I think a really interesting transformation that you know I've noticed with you, and you kind of talked about a little earlier, but going from single life to being in, um, and not that you weren't in relationships before, but being in a relationship, getting married, <laughs> having, having, well, I wasn't going to say it, um, <laughs> ha- having a son. And if you if you could just, well, uh, a stepson, um, if you could just speak to the shift in that perspective, because I, I think, I mean, I'm one of those people that thinks a little bit conspiratorially in that i think the government is trying to incentivize or keep men especially young men from getting in you know committed relationships getting married and having children because i think it does change your, sp- your, pers- your perspective on life. So did, did it really change your perspective on life?
0: When you yeah, uh, I mean the, go- the government's one of the forces doing that. Uh, it's one iteration of it, but I think it's coming yeah. in all sides. Uh, I, even just, even just down to things like the me too movement and things of this nature where, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of women saying like men don't even approach them anymore. And a lot of men saying, I don't even want to approach women anymore because I don't know, I might be charged with rape or I might go mm-hmm. to jail if I just like do what I, th- think is some innocent flirting or, or what have you. So I think there's so many societal pressures that are disincentivizing men, um, especially when it comes to like family court, divorce court, you know, they, they can look at all the layers of, well, first of all, if I even talk to this person, they, they might, uh, you know, c- claim I'm mean to them or what have you. Uh, and then if I go in through these other steps, look at all these these monumental and very true things that could happen. If it goes wrong, the, the deck is just completely stacked, uh, against, against men in so many ways. Uh, so it's, I completely sympathize with, uh, men that are just like, screw it. I'm just going to be single and just get whatever I can get and have fun. I sympathize. Cause I was one of them for a long time and didn't really think I needed or wanted more. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get into all the details or really maybe any of the details, but you know, early on, I think in my relationship, I went, went through, we went through some tough things, um, with my, my, my wife's health, uh, that were really, really made me think about life and death sooner than I had ever thought I would in a relationship. And, uh, so even before we had planned to get married or any of the stuff that we're doing now, uh, having a family, et cetera, uh, I was really faced with like very high level sort of situations that made me, made me think about things in a a totally different way. Like Mm -hmm. basically having someone else who at, at times my was, their life was in my hands, and of course, extending that now to her son and what have you, there's, it's, it just completely flipped around my, my priorities. And I think this is something that Dave Smith talked, uh, talked, with me about, um, on one of my last Lions Liberty episodes. You know, I, I say this too. I say like just having fun as a single guy, you know, going on Tinder, getting laid, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I say just having fun, but Dave said like, I think the, the fallacy is thinking it was actually fun. Um, right. now of course it was actually fun at times of an in moments of of, of an evening or, or what have you of course that is fun in a sense very shallow shallow fun it's very shallow yeah. fun yeah. and it, at the end of the day it's 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 like going out for a night of drinking when you when you have like 12 jaeger bombs i know you and i have been in these situations before it's fun um now, now, maybe that the recovery when we're 19 wasn't so bad, but if I do that now, I will, I guarantee I will have a fun night and I'm going to have a horrible week. Like now I will, now it will be a week if I did something like that. Um, so yeah, maybe there are glimpses of what is a good time, but is it, is it, is it fulfilling your soul? Is it, or is it slowly mm-hmm. destroying your soul? Just like if you do 12 Jaeger bombs, but you do it every night for some years as I did at one point. Uh, yeah, that's slowly destroying your body. Uh, so you can slowly destroy your soul with some fun, uh, some unfulfilling fun, slowly destroy your body with some unfulfilling moments of fun with some substances. You can do all this, um, but recognize it's not really it's not fun in the grand scheme, you know, because your life mm-hmm. isn't actually getting better. You're, you're not you don't have any more purpose. And I used to not think that that mattered because, well, I. I there were probably times in my life i didn't think i needed a purpose per se but at, at some point you realize oh i i must because i found one i have one now it's beating the drum of liber- liberty uh it mm-hmm. started off really with ron paul uh and you know holding him up as the and i love ron paul holding him up as as our savior essentially uh and then just converting that into whatever iteration of libertarian party antics was going on all the while I know what drives libertarians to go to these conventions and it's, it's mostly for the most part, it's a sense of purpose. It's, it's looking for a sense of purpose. It's the idea as misguided as it may be that you're doing something that you're, you're guiding towards something. And that's why, even at these conventions, people will, at the end of the day, if you really peg them down, will say, yeah, it's not about winning this election, even though we're going through all this effort to elect people to positions and decide who's going to run. for, yeah, It's not about winning the election, which tells you everything you need to know, because if it's not about winning the yeah. election, it is for another purpose. So Everyone's looking for the purpose, even if even if they don't want to admit it. I probably wouldn't have wanted to admit it, but I was certainly looking for it. And I grasped onto it and held super tight to it for a long time. But uh, was I fulfilled during that period? No. Of course
1: not. Did you hear Ron Paul's uh, appearance on Tim Pool's show? It was no, like a I month can't, ago.
0: I can't handle uh, that show anymore. Well, I'll That's summarize. I'll, I'll give
1: you the best. I'll give you the best, um, maybe I most tried. surprising there part. of a from moment it. where I
0: tried, but yeah, no.
1: <laughs> I, I can't stand Tim Pool either, but i wanted to hear Ron Paul on there to just to hear, hear the, some of the dynamic, but um, it was towards the end of the interview, I think. And, <laughs> um ron had to go to the bathroom It was kind of awkward he just got up and he's like hey, he's leaving what's happening um but anyway he, he comes back in the room Guys, 80 He and- can't do a three-hour show right? i can't do a three-hour I gotta show. pee <laughs> um and they're asking him when he, well, he, well he was out of the room they were talking about dave smith running and I, I don't think dave's gonna run but at the time they were thinking he could run a libertarian ticket and maybe make some noise and they asked ron when he gets back in the room like what do you think of uh dave smith you know who he is and Ron's like, yeah, I know who Dave is. He's like, what do you think of him running for president? Do you think he can, you know, make a difference? Or I forget how they phrased it. And Ron Paul said, you know, at this point, it doesn't really matter. He said essentially (laughs) something like that: that there's nothing like the system is so broken it can't be changed. Um, It was just so interesting to hear him say that. I don't know how much like he is still investing his own resources and time into politics. I guess not very much. I know he does his podcast you know, talking about current events and things, but, um, even Ron Paul gets it. It sounds like it, but then, you know, and I I love Ron Paul too. There's all of these people who follow Ron Paul and everything Ron Paul says is, you know, is the, is the gospel. He just said, it's not
0: going to make a difference yet. Everyone's still investing their time in it. But I
1: thought that was interesting.
0: That even seems a little bit, Different for Ron Paul than what I think he might have even said like 15 years ago. He might have said, Well, it's great to have somebody, you know, be the standard bearer uh, and holding the torch of liberty and just right now. So now now he's just kind of like, ah, what's the point?
1: Well, I think I think the essentially the way he addressed that was the time has passed that you can make that difference. Like, yeah, you had your shot with me, all right? And you miss it. So I was the only one, the last one that could have saved you. Um so you were talking a little bit about I, I did want to touch on. There's a, a post that that uh, we're talking about Buck again, Buck getting free plugs here left and right, Buck Johnson counterflow. Um, he had a post up talking about AI, and you were just talking mm-hmm. um, in, your, in your last comment there about, you know, really the Me Too and these different things and men not approaching women. And Buck said something to the effect of a year from now, or maybe it was three years from now, um, there's going to be a large percentage of men who just have AI girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Is that something you think is...
0: Is reality is a possibility? Yeah, it's already a thing. Uh, I forget what the if you Google something in suicide, like chatbot suicide, there's a specific name of a chatbot mm. that you can Google, but anyway, you, you it wouldn't be hard for you. internet loose to find it. Uh, yeah. this is already a thing that's happening on some level uh, where people are falling in love with these chatbots and then having their heart broken uh, because it's not actually or fulfilling relationship any more than mm. watching porn is fulfilling or what have you even, or any mm. more than even this have you now hooking up with random chicks on Tinder is a but at least those are real women, you know, at the end of the day, and you know, I, I, as much as I can say, that's not fulfilling, i'd be much happier with someone r- running their way through through a uh, tinder well maybe i shouldn't say this i don't know i don't know if i'd be <laughs> much happier but let's just say it's it's a lot healthier to have relationships with real people than it is with an ai chatbot uh, at the end of the day i think mm-hmm. that's i think that's a pretty fair statement uh so yeah it is already happening and i think a lot of the pushback buck was getting on that is i think i, th- I believe he did say a year and a lot of people were saying Lot, some people were saying no way, but a lot of people were saying well, probably, but not like not this fast. Come on! And he was just like, there's stuff that happening now that people, you know, said five months ago would take five years. And uh, to me, that was kind of like a lot of what I wanted to talk to you with my recent guest, Amaris uh, because uh, he believes the singularity has passed. And the idea is once the singularity has passed, meaning AI can sort of start start doing its own thing, essentially, um, then the pace at which it, the this stuff can multiply is just mm-hmm. we can't fathom it because when humans are the ones that are accelerating the pace of technology it at the end of the day it still does take human man hours even if it's humans that working on a microchip that then goes fast it still takes human man hours to put into replicating things and making them more efficient or what have you uh, it ai has no such limitations algorithms don't go to bed uh they don't need to sleep they don't get tired they don't need to go out for a coffee they are just going and they're going at light speed uh so the the rate that this stuff can accelerate and the rate that people can adopt it, I don't think we can even really possibly fathom that. So mm-hmm. I hope Buck is overly pessimistic here, but it, to me, it's absolutely realistic. It, to me, it is just a matter of the only thing to argue about is, is time at this point.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, not the white pills I, mean, I was hoping to if, dish out here. But
1: if you really think about it, the amount of men who are addicted to porn, online pornography, um, it's I would guess it's much higher than 50 percent. Um and a I'm lot of these men, right obviously. Now, the,
0: I mean, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. What's oh, yeah. instead of watching porn right now? That's a joke, <laughs> or is it? You might not know.
1: <laughs> um, but it is a joke. <laughs> a, a lot of these, a lot of these men, you know, they're married, right? They're still married. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you could have married men who have an AI girlfriend. I mean, so I, I could, I could definitely see it happening. With, with, I mean, I don't know if it's a year. I don't think it really matters what time you put on. If it's a year, five es- years. Especially, the point when, is, I mean, it's you not are good for about- humanity.
0: We're just talking about chatbots. Like, imagine when it's not a chatbot, it's your VR headset and a very realistic interactive experience. Uh, mm. You know that, I mean, I'm just talking about chatbots. <laughs> so if I think that can happen with chatbots, uh, if the technology gets better than that, which it will. Uh, yeah, that's scary.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, at a certain point in time, do you just like, like VR? You're like, I'm just not doing VR. How do you protect yourself from it?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, our son wanted to get a VR headset and we pretty much said no. (laughs) So yeah, I -hmm. guess I, I don't like, it's one of those tough things where it's like, I don't want to be the, uh, the crotchety old man who doesn't, you know, who thinks whatever the kids are playing with now is extra dangerous. But I think a lot of kids nowadays and people nowadays are forget just kids. I mean, forget just gaming and kids like every human I see is just on their phone just scrolling away. So it's, it's the same concept. It's the dopamine addiction from whether it's from a game or from, and I am not like excluding myself from this. I try to take a lot of steps to, you know, Mm -hmm. have certain time when I'm not doing these things, uh, especially a lot more than five years ago when five years ago, I'd wake up literally just turn that puppy on open Twitter and, off to the races, baby. And next thing I know, it's like an hour later. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? So, and even if I get up and and I'm productive after that, I'm not, I'm just, you're in the completely wrong mindset uh, to start yeah. the day. It's,
1: it's funny you say that. I, I I don't know why I remember this, but I remember a Facebook post I made probably like five years ago, because I was trying to stop doing the same thing, trying to stop scrolling when I woke up. And I'm like, Does anybody else want to, you know, make a commitment for the next 30 days to, you know, not look at your phone for an hour after you wake up? And I remember you commented something like, why would you want to do that? That's like the best part. You wake up, you look at your phone, you get to see (laughs) it. I say that? I can see myself (laughs) saying that.
0: That's how much I've changed already.
1: Exactly. The transformation of Mark Claire continues. So let's continue down the uh, the, uh, transformative path. Um, I, I think for me, like one of the coolest aspects to watch of this is... You know, I referred to it earlier as spirituality. It's probably not the best word for it, but I i, th- I think faith or beliefs or um, j- just really opening your mind up to a, uh, a higher power, you know, potentially being out there, seeing you. I, I remember when, you know, I lived in California for a short time and, uh, you know, we would hang out and, and talking about uh, Yeah, I was a Christian at the time. Then I'm a Christian now. Talking about God, and I'm not sure where you stood exactly. I think you were more agnostic,
0: maybe leaving the door open. Um, I think I was one of those annoying people that said they were agnostic, but then when you have the argument, it's all atheism all the way. I think that's that was my deal. (laughs) But so,
1: like growing up, when did that start for you? Like, when did you were you always sort of that way? Because I I know you grew up in a in a Jewish household. Um, Did you go to synagogue growing up?
0: Yeah, I did go to synagogue growing up. I even went to Hebrew school uh, after school a couple days a week to get ready for my bar mitzvah, learned Hebrew. Uh, I guess we read. I guess we read. I don't think I ever read the Old Testament as in like from the front to back. I think mm-hmm. we like read excerpts and talked about them and, and things like that. But um, I think I don't want to throw my mom under the bus. I love her very much. But this is a true story. And I've told it on podcasts before. So here we go. Uh, we were. You no, know, my, my parents were religious and we did like the main holidays but it's not like we didn't go to synagogue like every week necessarily it wasn't like that kind of thing uh, it was kind of like a, we do the holidays and we have some other celebrations when it feels like the thing to do uh, so uh, but we always did Yom Kippur which is where uh, you fast for, for 24 hours and uh, Jews don't really have the concept of sin in the same way but it's essentially the idea that you fast for 24 hours and it like washes away your bad deeds is kind of the way it was spun to uh to the kids anyway it's like it, it, this, is, this clears you for the year this wipes your slate And you're good. I'm like, okay, doesn't sound like that bad a deal. I guess, you know, I've been kind of an asshole kid this year. I I guess I could do that. But the part of the thing too, is like, if it's young kids and I'm not sure how old I was at this time, maybe eight or nine, um, like young kids could eat because you don't want to like starve your kids. So it was just like the adults that would do it. So my parents Mm -hmm. would, would, would fast. Uh, and I remember one time we stopped to get me McDonald's on the way home because I was a kid. So I was allowed to eat. And my dad like went into a store or something like that. And then my mom turns around and she's like, let me just have a fry." I can't blame the woman. McDonald's fries are incredibly tempting and amazing. Uh, But I remember that moment and I remember immediately thinking to myself, Oh, she doesn't really believe this, like really, really at a deep, deep level. Because if you really believe that it, mm. it was such a serious thing that um, it's going to affect your afterlife, like you're, you're going to wash your all your bad deeds away. Like just all you have to do is not eat for a day. If you really, really believe that at your deepest core, like you wouldn't have a fry. You wouldn't throw that away for a fry. You kidding me? So yeah. no. That's just something that struck me as realizing, OK, this is like a thing we do. And it's a culture. Uh, this is our culture. and But this is there was a there's a gap there to me. And so I think mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not just blaming it on this one incident. This is already something that I think I was, I, I think I always kind of saw it as like, stories we were learning to teach us lessons you know that sort of the jordan peterson the way in some ways uh just uh, i just didn't appreciate it even in that way back then i just thought they were essentially silly stories we were told to uh, you know mm-hmm. they were just like any just like santa claus or whatever it else may be it's just things you tell kids uh and then when you grow up you eat the fry because because you know that it's bullshit or, or what have you uh so i think i was always a little, little bit skeptical of things and i, I was always i always consider myself uh, somewhat of a quote-unquote truther another uh, very cringy term but before there were that was even a term like uh, there was a reason fox Mulder was my favorite character on tv because he was he was there to get to the truth uh, to get to the bottom of things and that just mm-hmm. really appealed to me um appealed to maybe whatever side of me also sort of rejected religious narratives or not rejected them per se but um because i was not like i was hardcore i didn't really make it my identity but i, I was definitely always skeptical and i always thought you know how could X, Y, or Z really have, have things right. How could anybody know? So anybody that really tells me they know, I would just think you're full of nonsense because just because you know, means you don't really know. So I don't take you seriously.
1: Hmm. Um, quick note on McDonald's fries before we move on. The reason why they're so good, they actually used to be fried. in. Don't tell uh, me it's uh, fried like a baby fat or something. They, they used to be fried in beef tallow back in the day. And then, you know, cost cutting, obviously, they're trying to maximize their margins. Now they just add beef flavoring to their fry oil, probably like canola oil or something terrible for you, um, which still makes them not vegan or vegetarian. I don't I don't know if they advertise that, but that's, it's probably in the small print somewhere, but
0: um, and it's that vegan smell. somewhere. Like they brainwash or- us with this stuff at a very young age. And now for the rest of my life, when I see the arches, which... Yeah, I don't want to go in all these directions. Some would say is an occult symbolism of the arches, but whatever. We don't have to go into that. Um, (laughs) When I see the arches or I smell that smell, I instantly every thought I have about whatever food I am or am not eating at that moment briefly goes away. And I don't usually act on it. But once in a while, if I'm having a rough day or my guard is down, that wheel turns and suddenly I'm I'm in the in the drive through. It's very rare. But it happens sometimes. Suddenly,
1: you've just you, you sat in a parking space and shoved a Big Mac down your mouth, and you're in a full sweat. What happened? What happened? Exactly. <laughs> happens to the best of us. Best With best. me, Wendy's. Wendy's is mine. I'm not a big uh, McDonald's that guy. Mine. That used to be mine. used to be mine. McDonald's makes me sick. Um, so, so continue down this path. The shift. I, I'm I'm assuming you know this, this didn't happen all at one time for you. So, what? Like, when did you start? I know you know you've talked to a lot of people um, who have a you know who are orthodox Christians, and uh, I know you've become pretty interested in that. But like, wh- when did the door like kind of creep open for you to be like, you know what, something? it might be
0: more to this story here that I'm that I'm missing. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see where could I where could I really point to? I guess if I'm really going to point. To a moment, I think, because even before what I'm the story I'm about to tell you happened, uh, I uh, even before this, I I was starting to sort of on my own start to take. I, and I actually do have to credit Jordan Peterson for this a little bit, hmm. because I got into Jordan Peterson's sort of like Bible lecture series, and that actually got me to like take that step of like taking it seriously like taking it was like okay still in like the sort of material way that he kind of does where it's like okay but there's like real allegory here and you know there's structure to these stories and they do like okay so i started to like respect them more and then as i did that it made me think well okay if i can take this more seriously maybe i can take the works of other religions more seriously for whatever they might be trying to say um so i kind of gave myself a little bit of like a uh a a religious uh, studies class on my own. I just started kind of like re- reading more yeah. religious texts, reading more about religions, um, including Christianity, because that that was the one for that for a while I kind of shunted aside because I was like, I already know about all that. I, I went to those like Jewish classes and we had the Bible stories. Like I know what that's all about. It's just that stuff plus Jesus. Like it's not that complicated, but obviously I've learned there's a lot more to it. And <laughs> it is, it is a very different religion really than, than Judaism in many ways. I uh, even know mm-hmm. they have somewhat of the same foundation. Um, so yeah, needless to say, I think that my mind was open, to it more but if if I'm to be honest and what's the point of coming on finding freedom here if I'm not going to be honest I think what really put me all the way on the other side was uh, my DMT experience (laughs) when I did DMT I believe it was in 2019 and like I had already done psychedelics of various kinds I had done mushrooms and other things like that and had experiences that were pretty wild uh, and pretty fascinating but still to the point of just like oh here are these substances that make something funny happen in my mind Okay. Um, DMT is not like that. DMT (laughs) is not like that at all. DMT is just like, here you go. We're going to throw you into the spirit world for a minute and just see what the fuck happens. And uh, that is, um, that is an experience that I, I can't necessarily say it would be wrong of me to say I recommend it because I actually, the more I've sort of learned about this stuff, the more I think it is dangerous to dabble in that stuff. That disclaimer being said, I share a commonality with people who have discuss this in oftentimes this ends up in the smoke-filled room it's kind of the bonus segment of my podcast as you know mm-hmm. as a as a premium subscriber to the mark claire show uh, but let's see who has told me a similar story cyprian is one of them uh david patrick harry another one they both had uh they, it was not that they were they were I think they were both taking religion somewhat seriously when these things happened but it was on ayahuasca journeys that they both essentially came to the full revela- revela- revelation of where they are mm-hmm. now essentially or, or sent them further down that road so um, very much so for me I think just encountering the spirit world and realize and and seeing things like perfect geometry and just seeing the the code of the universe and um and that that, that sounds very cringy and, and spirituality hippie right there but you know it is what it is um so that so just
1: a pause just to pause on the DMT for a minute so uh-huh. wh- wh- what do you think about someone like and there's a lot of people like this I'm sure someone like Joe Rogan you know Joe Rogan likes his DMT mm-hmm. who gets thrown into that world and still he's seemingly very atheist or maybe he leaves the door
0: open and uh, he is agnostic. Maybe I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't listen to enough Rogan now to like tell you what his r- religious outlook is. It's hard for me to really wrap my head around what it is. Um, I mean, he definitely like recognizes that you were seeing something that other people can be seeing in, in the same place on the same thing and mm-hmm. acknowledging things like machine elves. And if, if, if people are all experiencing these things to me, to me, that's that's showing that there is something being experienced. It's not just mm-hmm. a, a series of random hallucinations that people happen to dream up. So can't really say I have the answer to that. Uh, I, I think you can. I think there's a lot of directions you could go from that stuff. You know, I, I think maybe I went in a better direction. I'm not saying Joe Rogan's <laughs> gone in a bad direction necessarily. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer to that, except I, I, I'd love to interview Joe Rogan about it if you have any contacts uh, and di- dive further into it, to it with him. But I, I would I would find it hard to believe if you dug down to what he thinks after doing all that, that that he would be an atheist in the sense of not believing in anything spiritual or mm-hmm. anything beyond the body. I would be pretty shocked if he if he believed it to that extent. Maybe he doesn't maybe he is an atheist and more he, he doesn't subscribe to a particular story, which that I can totally understand.
1: So um you have the DMT experience you're at the same time starting to look at religious texts how do you start first start to become interested or talking about or um consuming uh, orthodox christian content how did that begin for you it's a good
0: question i got to think about that well no i i think i could probably point to You know, I did. Well, first, Pete did a couple interviews with Cyprian, like early 2020, when all this stuff started to go Mm -hmm. down. And then I had him on my show. And then at one point he said, like, all right, I'm kind of done with podcasts for a while. I got to go do some software coding. And I was like, "Okay, I won't. Cool. See you. It's been fun. Everybody like a year of Cyprian on podcast. And then then a couple months later, he had this book that came out um, and he started talking about. He it seemed like suddenly he was back and, and really passionate about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I, so I had him on my show again and I asked him like, Hey, like a few months ago, you know, you said, you said you were going to like ride off into the sunset, but now you're, you're back. You have a book. Like what exactly, what exactly happened here? And he entailed uh, that he had bas- recently converted to Orthodox Christianity. And he kind of told the story of how he sort of vaguely started praying every day. And then he had the vision of, you know, f- Founding the Bitcoin Mystery stool School, through which he met Father Turbo Qualls, who ended up becoming his his, uh, his um, spiritual father. And uh, so that 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 was where I first even I never heard of it before. I That's had no true. idea what it was. So that was where I first I guess heard of it. And then I would then as this whole. You know, everything you know about the whole, I guess, what you might call the post-libertarian split or whatever you want to say happened in, the, in all the libertarian stuff these last few years. Uh, a lot of the people I ended up, uh, you might say, hanging out with or agreeing with a little bit more um we were in like a group chat together and you know, there, there, are certain people that some of us just started congregating together and you can probably guess who those people are by just seeing what, mm-hmm. what podcast we were all on, on together at, around that time. Uh, but then as I started to like get to know some of those people better, uh, suddenly it would be like, Oh, this buck being one of them suddenly like one day bucks talking about how he's decided to convert to orth- orthodox Christianity and become a catech- catechumen. And then also Matt Erickson, same thing. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. hi. Uh, he's one of the people I'm talking to. And now he's then Adam Patrick same. And I'm like, what is And then Tommy Sammons. It's like all these people who I'm for different reasons, or at least I think different reasons really, um, seeming to share a lot of the same convictions with and and be really on the same, the hippie way to put it would be who I'm vibing with the most. Uh, Mm -hmm. People who I'm vibing with the most were just suddenly turning out to be Orthodox Christians. I mean, some of them already were, and I didn't know it. Some of them were converting. Um, And then this kind of continued even into starting my show to the point that I think there's a number of people who subscribed to my podcast in the early days who thought they were subscribing to an Orthodox Christian podcast, not realizing they're, talking to some hippie half agnostic Jew uh, that that is the host um I would say definitely not really close agnostic anymore well no I guess I am probably agnostic because I don't I don't necessarily fully subscribe even though I I'm talking about right now how I've I've vibed with orthodox Christians and I've ended Mm -hmm. up having a lot of orthodox Christians on my show never been to church uh I I would not call myself an orthodox Christian at all because I don't practice that and I'm not even sure that that is the truth but i think there's a lot of truth in it no matter what uh because so that this is the kind of stuff i i am constantly in a process of trying to work out and wrap my heads around but i think to, to get to the bottom of like my the way i've quote unquote transformed it's not about it's not because i found a new religion to subscribe to although i will say mm-hmm. like i think seraphim rose is like my new rory rothbard i'm just kind of obsessed with his writings and his books and his outlooks what i have noticed though Sat- is-
1: saturday's new show coming to the mark clare show saturdays is right. of seraphim, saturdays with
0: seraphim. <laughs> <laughs> to, to replace the old Mondays with Murray Saturdays with Seraphim um, what I have found is a, the, a lot of the orthodox viewpoint and I'm not even saying that it's only the orthodox there might be other sects of Christianity Catholic, whatever those aren't the ones that I've been reading so I don't know them so I'm not commenting one way or the other but mm-hmm. from what I've been reading and seeing with a lot of orthodox commentaries they do explain a lot of what you see happening in the world um, especially I mean Seraphim Rose's books on the new world religion Um his how he's talked about ufos and how all of this is part of the, the one world government uh stuff that libertarians and libertarian sort of centric truther type people have been talking about for decades it actually puts all of this stuff that i've always always been immersed in uh you know since i was reading anything i was mm-hmm. into like the conspiracy world and, and all this stuff it's it ties a lot of things that even ufos uh cryptids it ties a lot of things together almost into a, what could be a cohesive worldview so a lot of it I don't know if it's true, but it certainly it gives an explanation for a lot of things that I've always been curious about in a way that I haven't found anywhere else yet. Uh, so it hasn't driven me to find a spiritual father or even seek out an Orthodox Christian church or anything like that. But it has led me to certainly respect, respect it mm-hmm. as a for whatever it may be, because uh, either it's very true or it's capital T true. You know, I don't I don't know which, but either way, it's it's certainly, um, it's certainly something <laughs> I will say that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I think that this, it, this, from what I've seen, at least externally, um, seems like the, the biggest shift in your transformation. And I, I think, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of the rest of it kind of falls in line with it, at least from, uh, from my perspective, um, so we've been going for about 45 minutes. I'm trying to think if I want to continue this or just get to the bonus show because I do have some interesting stuff I want to talk about on some the bonus spicy show.
0: Stuff
1: for me. Um, some, some conspiracies. I want to do a little... I'm just going to mm-hmm. tease it here because we, we want people to join the Pride, right? Or at least I do. High-level teaser? Um, we want, pe- we want people to join do. your Patreon want. too. I
0: wish you success. Yeah, I want them to join mine <laughs> and yours.
1: Um, yeah, I got a, got a little list of conspiracies. I want to do a, a little rapid-fire getting Mark's opinions on that in the bonus Ooh, show. So that let's, really yeah, fun. let's end this now, but first let's get a, let's get the Mark Claire plugs, your podcast, mm-hmm. your, your Substack, everything you got going on where people can find that
0: my sub stack that, that hasn't had a, a, a word typed on it since probably October of last year. I've kind of let that, that slide a bit but I still want you to subscribe because someday something might happen there. Um, so that's uh, markclaire.substack.com. Really the easiest thing to get do. Easy as long as you spell my name properly, which I would do for you right now is to just go to markclaire.com. That has links to everything. Um, all of my video platforms, all the podcast platforms, all the support platforms, my other podcast, the second print comics podcast that I do with our friend Ramzo Martinez. Uh, so everything there at markclaire.com. That's M-A-R-C-C-L-A-I-R.com. That's really just the easiest place to go. One-stop shop.
1: All right. Mark Clare, his triumphant return to the Lions Delivery Network, man. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mark Clare. And I hope you are going to be heading to um, the bonus feed to hear the, the bonus show where Mark and I get into some conspiracy talk, some interesting conversations there. So definitely be sure to check that out. Be sure to support Mark um, with his new show. Subscribe to the Mark Clare Show on whatever podcasting app you're listening to. And while you're doing that, if you haven't subscribed to this show, the Lines of Liberty Network, do that. Or Finding Freedom. I have a solo feed where you get just Finding Freedom episodes. Um, so if you just want to share just my show, or if you want to just listen to my show, um, you can subscribe to Finding Freedom with John Odermatt. And uh, yeah, that would be awesome. would love to have you as a subscriber. So really, the only other thing I want to talk about today before I let you all go on your way is we are heading to Porkfest. Brian and I are going to Pork Fest, in, man, a little bit over a week, which is crazy. Um, we'll be heading up on Wednesday of that week. And it'll be there Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday for a little bit in the morning. And then we're heading back home um, on Saturday because I got some stuff I got to do the following week. So I need to be in town on Sunday, but really excited. And, you know, the uh, the guests that will be up there, some of the speakers, RFK Jr., Telsey Gabbard, um, Refric Vivek ramsworthy whatever his name is the gop candidate just interesting that there's you know people from outside of the libertarian spectrum but uh excited to hear from rfk jr and uh going to try to interview him fingers crossed hopefully we can get something lined up and get a quick uh quick minute with rfk um but yeah if you're going to be there hope to see you you know come say hi um we're going to have a tent with uh with Matt Kibbe, Lions of Liberty tent along, you know, share tent. We'll be doing live podcasts there. We're going to do a live LALDL. Brian's going to do a live meme age daydream. I'll do a live finding freedom. Lots of fun stuff. I, I assume we'll do a live meme wars. It's not on the schedule, but we'll have to have to fit that in for sure. So yeah. Meme wars is catching on guys. Meme wars is catching on. If you haven't listened yet, pretty much every Friday, we have a meme wars show most, we will say three out of four Fridays, we have a meme or show where Brian and I or a special guest go through just recent memes and videos and different noteworthy things we talk about on Friday, but it's more of a lighthearted show to to launch you into your weekend with a little bit of a little bit of laughter, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of lightheartedness to uh, ease you into your weekend. So be sure to check that out and uh, that's all I got. Have a great week this week, and I'll talk to you next week. And always remember to keep your head up, and the fire is liberty burning.